Acceptance is a major part of many spiritual practices as it allows resistance to melt away and the energy to resume its free-flowing pattern throughout our beings. The idea of acceptance can seem extremely easy and almost elementary once we accept that acceptance is necessary on our path toward overall wellness. However, if we find ourselves feeling this way about a specific subject or practice, that it's easy and simple, then that can be a clue that we are potentially fooling ourselves somewhere or possibly not respecting it enough, especially if the experiences we think we are accepting continue to occur over and over in our lives. I hope you all had a safe and healthy holiday. Maybe you gained a lot of practice being around your family and your friends. Hopefully you put that practice into good use. Alexander and I are extending deep, deep gratitude for you all as we enter in our fifth year recording and releasing this podcast. So thank you guys for continuing to share the podcast with like-minded individuals, your family, your friends. And let's continue spreading self-growth work for the betterment of humanity and the world. And now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Welcome back to another episode of the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron. And I'm Alexander. Welcome, everyone. And Alexander is fresh off his trip to Hawaii, mm. and he's brought the cold weather back to the, the eastern part of the United States, unfortunately. And now we're seeing some really, really frigid temperatures, which, again, is not my preference. But, mm. but those, we'll live with it. We'll roll with it, and we'll make the best of it. Yeah, and those Hawaii temperatures are awful nice. I will share with everyone. This is their winter as well, so it was just pristine. I go at many different times of the year, and this was certainly one of my favorite times that I've gone just because the temperature, it does drop maybe five degrees, and so it doesn't get to that just excruciatingly hot uh, temperatures that it can during the middle of the summer. So not to put you on the spot, Alexander, but what was something that you learned, a new perspective that you learned along your trip that you could share with all of us? Well, I think that it's going to be the subject of today's topic is around acceptance and me realizing that even though I talk about it an awful lot on many, many episodes, and I've shared that from the Just Philosophy's perspective, it's possibly the most important component, but I was recognizing through my conversations with different people that it may not be being used in the optimal manner. So I was hoping to clear some of that up. And of course, you and I 
talked a little bit before we got together, and it seemed like a subject that you were interested in as well. So let's see where acceptance goes. Yeah, and I was actually asking you that to see what you would say, and I didn't know that you were going to bring up the, the topic for today's podcast, but I guess that makes it all gel pretty well. So acceptance, I feel like it also goes along with the three R's mm-hmm. where we've also noticed that even in my practice – over the last five years, everybody has to start somewhere. And we usually start with self-awareness or the first step of the three R's, which is recognize. Recognize. And sometimes it's hard to go beyond that because when we open our minds up and our perspectives and we start recognizing all of our behaviors that we've done throughout the past and how they're connected to maybe our childhood and stay in that non-judgment, but look at all the work that we have to do, it can seem like a giant mountain that we have to climb. And if we allow it to consume us and have that perspective of, wow, I need to go a long way up versus, okay, let me just start taking a few steps here and here. And eventually that's where I'm leading to. Some people may freeze there or get stuck there. And I kind of see how acceptance is kind of in the same metaphorically in the same range where people look at things and they feel like they're accepting it and myself included. And it's more complicated than how it seems on the surface. I really want to dig deep into that and look at the different steps of acceptance and where we may be fooling ourselves or not seeing things clearly where we may be thinking that we're accepting, but yet there's still this energetic component that I'm experiencing in my life as well, where I'm still feeling eventually this emotion from this essentially lack of acceptance is still eventually coming to my physical body and I'm having discomforts and pain and stress and anxiety, all these symptoms Mm -hmm. that are in the areas of the certain chakras of where I'm struggling. But here I'm thinking that I am having this acceptance. And so I feel like I may be fooling myself in some of these areas. So I am a good source (laughs) of the alternative perspective to have this conversation with because it is something that hits home with me, but you also have your own experiences as well. So I think we're going to be able to cover this in a roundabout way. Yeah. And I think right off the bat, part of the differentiation here is going to be between acceptance and non-reaction. See, many people learn that it's not proper to react emotionally on others. So they do a lot of work to not react and they get it confused that they are accepting the situation, the person, the place, the thing, whatever it is, when they're not really accepting it, they're still in friction. It's just internal friction now rather than projecting that emotional bias on someone. And this was kind of what I started recognizing in some of my discussions and the importance to clear this up because acceptance is found in the second R. So the three R's that Aaron mentioned is from the just philosophy, and that is recognize it, the person, place, thing, or situation, to learn to respect it, and that means that you working on acceptance, non-judgment, to accept it for what it is and to realize that it doesn't have to be viewed as good or bad. And then if you want to have a different experience, the third R is redirect. You merely redirect the energy, and when you're working on these three R's, 
you're going to have to do it over and over and over because we're repetitious beings. So many times I like to suggest to people, be willing to fail a hundred times before you really feel like you're getting it. And so there's so many people that's adhering to this work and other types of self-development work where they're doing more stuffing than they are processing. And that's a differentiation that we want to get clear on today as well. Rather than internalizing a judgment, we want to process it and let it go. And that is the process is these three R's that we'll be discussing and to see that acceptance is truly in letting go of all preferences. And any longtime listeners has heard me talk about learn to live in non-preference. That doesn't mean that we don't have any preferences ever. It means that at any point in time, you can choose to not have a preference so that you can see the situation more clearly. So I think this is a wonderful time and episode to bring out at the beginning of the year when people are looking for change. And hopefully you'll resonate with this direction and suggestions. So what I've learned going through this process and working with acceptance is when something occurs around me that deals with me and it goes against like my preference, as you were saying, it can cause emotion. So if something happens to me and I get angry, then using the three R's, I would know to recognize that in the moment that this is making me angry or I'm angry at this. So don't take this out on this situation. There's something else that I want to add there is that there's another step to that, that you want to attempt at least to connect it to something in the past, to take the power away from the present moment, to realize that it's just reactivating a similar situation to your past that is ready to be released. Okay. Yeah. And I think we may uncover a few of those, but I'm just working through my process of how I've understood it and feel free to jump in and add like any intricate parts that need to be said, even if we need to dissect it after. Then my respecting is not judging the anger because that's where I fall a lot into is the self-judgment like, oh, I shouldn't be having this. Mm -hmm. And then it no longer becomes useful because then you're like piling it on. Respecting the anger and then redirecting it. So if I went for a jog, because I know my type, I need to be very physical. And if I don't, it can manifest onto the the physical. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue where I go wrong is (laughs) I still don't want it to happen. And there's that resistance there that, yes, I'm aware that it's happening. And sure, I can recognize why it's making me angry and I can redirect that energy, but nothing's changing to make it stop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so there's that resistance and my preference is still there. So therefore, it's a continuing process where it just keeps filling up And I have to keep emptying, but there's still this internal thing that I feel like is under the surface that I'm maybe not talking about right now, or even when these things are happening, I think that I'm processing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And to a certain degree, I am processing like the surface level emotion that we're talking about anger, but where am I losing that? Or where do I need to go deeper to make sure that like we're saying I can then learn when I feel like this situation comes up and I've learned that it makes me angry, I can learn to not be angry at it because I can recognize it early on before it gets me angry. Right. But 
there's still some damage. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's still some energy leakage. It's still affecting me on some level. So I don't know if you can help me uncover that right now or if you need to ask me questions or if I need to keep talking. No, we'll, we'll go right into that. I want to bring it in with an analogy because sometimes that can help in bridging the gap to this specific. So say that you get a new green car and you've never recognized green cars and you're getting the green because it looks original, it looks different. And then as soon as you drive off the lot, you start seeing green cars like yours everywhere. And this makes you angry or upset because you just spent, we'll say, $45,000 on a new green car that you wanted to be original. And now you're seeing not only the color, but the make and the color all around. And this is upsetting you. The process of working through that anger is to realize that, okay, this is probably connected to something of my past, and now it reminds me that, yes, every time I got a toy, my older brother had to get a better toy, and every time I got a new bicycle, my brother had to get a better bicycle, and it just went on like that through whole life. That can create a lot of resentment, and so it can make the person want something of theirs that's not like anybody else's and not in competition, so to say, even. And so recognizing that it could be connected to the anger at the the so-called brother, then accepting that it might take a hundred situations like this to truly resolve it affecting you emotionally. And every time that you see a green car, you go into some type of gratitude or appreciation instead of desperation or lack mentality. And instead of wanting to be so special, you start to be in gratitude that other people appreciate this color like I do, and that doesn't have to be something bad, and that this wouldn't be as big of a deal to me, my car color, if I resolve these issues with my brother. So every time that I start to get upset when I recognize another make and model and color of my car, I'm going to practice this gratitude and just shifting it and going, I'm going to have that knee-jerk reaction to go, darn it, there's another person with my car. And then right away go, hey, I want to shift this to, it's not competition, it's appreciation. And I'm glad that somebody appreciates what I find is beautiful, as beautiful as well. And I'm also releasing any competition that I'm still holding on with my brother. And I send him nothing but love and light. And I'm thankful for my brother being who he is. He doesn't need to be anybody different. Now, if you use that like a mantra, every time that you come in contact with that so-called negative thought, over a course of time and due to physics, it will start to change the vibration that is being sent to your brain to react And what you're doing is you're learning to not react, but you're learning to accept and to respond. And so, see, in any of that explanation that I gave, there's no resistance. If you can't get to the point to either connect it to something in your past or to find a way to be in gratitude, then maybe you need an adult timeout. Maybe you need to go sit in meditation till you can find something to be happy and content about. Or what you're going to do is you're going to continue the rest of your day in that vibration. And more and more things are going to pop up that irritate you or bother you because of the so-called law of attraction. That 
One of the true laws of the attraction is that our life will bring into us whatever we need to learn and grow. And so if we want the situations to stop externally in our lives, we grow internally to how we resonate or have resistance toward it. As you grow and you carry less and less resistance, as I've told you in the past, I've shared that everything needs friction to grow on this plane that I've seen. Even the act of males and females making love or uh, a seed bursting through a hole to become a sprout, a frog changing from a tadpole, a butterfly and caterpillar. These are all points of friction of breaking through a limitation to expand. And many of the people that are listening to this type of podcast are looking to expand. We call it grow more into your authentic self. But it's an expansion in getting rid of the limitations. So I hope that that kind of step-by-step process is helpful because it's going to take you normally, depending on the size of the trauma or the issue, up to 100 times of doing this recalibration before it becomes second nature. And in one of my most recent pairings with someone, I utilized them to work on my abandonment issues because they had a reaction of leaving situations. So see, whatever someone else's reaction, you can choose to be angry or upset at them, or you can pay attention to what it's creating in you and how that's connected to things in your past, and getting rid of that is going to change your external experience eventually. Unless you're with a person that just sees the change and then wants to be belligerent and not be part of conscious growing, conscious relationships. And so then it turns into what's called belligerence. But we're not going to get into a lot of that today. Most people are playing these roles in a subconscious way. They don't really realize that they're doing them. But some manipulative type of people can actually use this against people and turn it on them. Maybe I can bring up a different example or something that's probably more a, a deeper preference than a car. That was a good example. But I know some people are experiencing closer things. Maybe I'm not explaining that, but let's say family. Okay. And, and let's say one of my siblings has a worldview that is the complete opposite of mine. And I'm sure many people are going through this nowadays mm-hmm. because we're so unfortunately divided and people have kind of made their decisions, planted their flags in their camp, and nobody's listening to each other. But let's say people just had the holidays and they probably spent time with their family. So they had to be around their family. And if they had somebody of the opposite view, they can probably have a preference. Like, let's say this person, like me, let's say I have a deep want, and maybe I think it's a need, but a deep want to have my family unit be cohesive. Mm -hmm. And whether that's my design or maybe it's an influence or maybe it's some type of uh, trauma that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, we can consider all those things. But if I'm around my family and there's somebody who I don't feel like is in resonation, even if it's in mind, mm-hmm. how somebody views the world, then I can be in, in resistance. And if I'm around them then and I'm doing this work, I can kind of think, recognize, okay, this person has a different view and I have a different view. So I like to be able to have my view and I respect them as a person. So I want them to be able to have their view. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's kind of a recognition. I'm wanting to maybe change them somehow. Even help them. So to say. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely, definitely say that. 
And then we have the respect. So I guess I kind of went through some of that respect. I don't want anybody to try to change me so I can respect them the way they are. And then I can redirect. In this situation, if it really was me, I would have conversations with myself and try to alter the perspective in my mind of this whole situation and maybe even utilize the pillars around it all. Yeah, and that's what I was going to bring in, but please continue and then I'll go into the pillars. But my question to get back to how I've been having the experience of acceptance, I feel like there still is something there that I'm missing. There's maybe a question that we need to ask ourselves that I'm missing here to go deeper, to make sure that even though mentally on the mental plane, the mental level, I can respect my sibling and recognize that I want the same for her as I want for me. But if I'm still leaving these family gatherings or maybe a week or two, whatever my pattern is that that emotion takes to work through to the physical plane, I can realize that, wait, there's still some sort of emotion, emotional drainage, energetic leakage that I'm still experiencing. I don't know it in the mental plane, but it's still in the other planes. So Mm -hmm. maybe help me understand how we can look at acceptance and work it through maybe the five levels. Yes, because even there, at that second step of respect, you said that you feel that you're respecting the other person, that they can have their view because you don't want your view being forced to change. But see, that's where I would say right away, look there, because I don't think that you've truly reached that level of respect. I think you want to. And you're basing it off of you don't want things to be pushed on you, which is a, is a beautiful tool. But that next step They're at that respect level to get there. This is where the pillars really come in. And I know you mentioned the pillars, but the pillars, the five pillars of the just philosophy that we've done multiple episodes on, this is exactly where they're useful. And normally you need to be in some state of stillness away from the person or the situation to be going into this next level of work. What needs to happen in order for that respect to truly be there is we have to change our perception. And our perception is normally started, at least, in the mental realm. So finding a mental truth that is beyond your ability to tear down even when you're emotional. That's why it has to be deep in your core and why these five pillars that I share are that for me. They're my absolute truths. I don't care how upset I am. If myself or somebody says these to me, it snaps me out of that emotional trauma that I may be in. And so the first one is everything's in divine order or find the divine order in the chaos. And that divine order exists whether I know it is existing in the moment, like in the past when people were dying in front of me and I would get overly emotional, even go into my own, why is this happening? And then what would help me is remembering that everything's in divine order, that we've all got to die and that this is teaching me to learn to make the most of every moment of every person, that type of thing. So as you're going through that assessment, you're seeing that you want to be that respectful. So rather than giving any other suggestions teachings, information, I suggest that person sit in that kind of situation over and over and over till you can finally do step two. See, we're not at redirect yet. 
we're still at learning to respect. And the way that you teach somebody to respect you is by truly learning to respect them. The way you teach someone to hear is by listening to people, not telling them to listen to you. And that's what this is. We want to build an environment to where there's not going to be judgment. There's not going to be ridicule, even if there's different opinions here. So I spent up to seven years at that stage with my family at a certain period in time to where I didn't give my opinion one single time for seven years, even if I was invited into because I was working on that, learning to respect them wherever they're at. And what I have to say is not very important here right now because that won't be important until I truly am able to respect them and not need to change their view. See, because remember, we're dealing with energy here, and any time that you give up resistance, there's friction created. So we want to learn to dissipate the friction first, and that's why being the student first before the teacher is so important. And if you're the student long enough, you become the example. And when you become the example, then that's when you can actually be a useful teacher. But see, most people aren't willing to put this much time into these different steps. They won't just go through them all really quick. So learning to respect something that you don't believe in is a huge challenge. But it is necessary to help shift people's perceptions. Because a person will change their perception when they feel accepted much, much quicker than when they feel resisted or competition is present. So I hope that brought some clarity or at least some more questions. I do also feel honesty with oneself also plays a role in this. Like you were saying that we have the pillars so that they can snap people out of their emotional reactions to stop that ripple and come back to consciousness with the pillars being a part of the philosophy. And if you're working with this philosophy, then the pillars are an important part and they are something that, you have to really resonate with in order to work with this philosophy. Yes. It doesn't really work if you don't. Yes, not at all. And that's why it has to be more than just a belief. Like belief is in the mental area. You have to feel it in your core. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be the five. And I'm going to list the five here. But it needs to be some things that, like I said, goes beyond your mental capacity. It's in your core. And for some people, that is their so-called belief in God. But does it go any further than that? And do they really believe like they feel they do? Because when challenging times come, that's what tests our faith. And many times, unfortunately, people fall under that pressure. And so learning this step to work with these pillars that I had to develop to help me through my own healing trauma, the first one is that everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not. And that's a trust. And I carry that, that the creator, that divine energy, the overseeing energy is always present. And I want to be part of that rather than trying to control that. The second one is polarity versus duality. That polarity has to exist. Exact opposites have to exist. And they're everywhere at every stage of, of life on this planet. But duality is a choice. Duality is the resistance to 
there being polarity, like you were saying, a preference of you've got one view and you can't accept that somebody else has the other view. See, in the law of polarity, if you have a view, there has to be somebody else that has the opposite view. So to be able to just hear that and smile and go, oh, there you are, yin to my yang, that's okay. We can be very powerful together. See, no competition. It's the acceptance of, oh, there you are. I recognize you. I don't need to beat you. I don't need to overcome you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how comfortable I am to visit your view because I'm not challenged because I'm very clear in my view. I'm very informed. Therefore, I'm not going to get emotional. So the next one is everybody or every situation can be your teacher. So right away, if this person elicits or situation elicits a negative emotion, then ding, 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 there's a lesson here to learn. So work with it in that respect. Be grateful. The next one is emotional accountability and responsibility. Connected to what I was just sharing, that if you have an emotion that comes up like anger, it is your responsibility because it's almost always connected to that situation you're experiencing, connected to many similar situations throughout your life. That's why you have what's called a trigger connected to it. So once again, if you... Understand that at the level that I resonate with it, if I change the dynamics of the way I perceive this, this situation will stop happening. And I've proven it over a hundred times in my own life. So see, that's why it's one of my pillars. And then the fifth pillar is everything is vibration. So that's broken down as simple as nothing stays the same. Nothing is forever. Everything is evolving and changing. So if you're having a so-called negative or bad experience, you can trust that this is temporary too. All I've got to do is choose not to hold on to this so-called negative experience. So see, those five pillars, I normally only have to use the first one because my faith is so deep in that connection to the divine that most all of my negative emotions come from the thought that I know what is better or I know a way that is better for somebody or some situation. And anytime we get into that level of ego, very rarely does that person help that other person or the situation. So I hope that clears up that at level two of the respect, of the recognize, show respect, and redirect, this is where you optimize the five pillars. It's important that we practice self-honesty and when somebody is having an emotional reaction and they subscribe to the pillars, one of those should bring them back to center and be like, whoa, I'm having an emotional reaction. They should be able to recognize that they are. But what if they don't? Maybe an instance where you're having an emotional reaction and you realize the pillars or something comes in to remind you that, oh, I'm having an emotional reaction here. But you don't want to step out of it. You want to sit and, for whatever reason, be in that emotion. emotion. And it's almost like taking a fit as a child. Yes, very similar to throwing a temper tantrum. So part of stepping into that authentic self and stepping into being an adult is this is where discipline comes in. And that you don't follow what's easy. You don't follow what you want in that moment because of the repercussions that it's going to have with the loved ones around you or to yourself. So this is where structure, the pillars is part of the structure, and then self-discipline is so important to come hand in hand. I offer the structure, that's what the just philosophy is, 
is a structure for wellness on all five levels, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual, but that you have to do certain works or certain techniques consistently, like working the physical body to get strong, for you to get better at not taking on these so-called negative emotions, which deteriorate the energy field, which deteriorate the physical body over time. So I can't create discipline in someone, but I can give them structure. And then it just comes down to how much growth a person wants. Just like a professional athlete, at some point in their life, they have to make a decision to be committed to become potentially that athlete. And that means they have to do certain things every single day or they're not going to meet those requirements because there's somebody doing it every single day out there. And that's all I'm looking to inspire people is to make this philosophy a way of life. And it's not just a belief system. It's something that is practiced over and over and over, and it becomes part of who you are. And then you don't have to practice it as much. It's in your default. But the whole path of self-development is retraining the subconscious and the conscious, where the conscious mind overrides the subconscious mind and re-patterns the subconscious then you become more conscious even in your subconscious. So I really feel that this is breaking it down just about as basic as we can because what comes next is just repetition. And that every single time that you elicit the emotion anger, you're willing to go through these steps. That means that sometimes you have to miss social engagement. Sometimes you have to miss a date that you were going to go on or something like that because something gets generated in the beginning of getting together. But what's more important, that evening or the longevity of your well-being and the relationship? And so this is why it's key for in relationships and doing self-development work that you have a certain level of agreement about how you're going to handle these pitfalls when they happen because that's where the majority of your triggers is going to be initiated is through your intimate relationships. Some people get triggered at work and different things like that, but what happens is they bottle it up there and then they bring it home and they take it out on their most loved ones. That's not a judgment. That's just how people have been trained. And so here we're trying to help that spot in between even work and getting home to possibly do some of this processing to release it, to not reactivate it once again as soon as you get home. I wanted to revisit a metaphor that I've brought up in a few episodes where seeing the philosophy as a recipe for overall wellness. Mm -hmm. And if we are honest with ourselves and we want overall wellness in our life, then the philosophy will get us there if we follow the steps. And so when I brought up that example of somebody just wanting to take a fit because it's easier to be in that emotion than to stop it. And it's very similar to somebody wanting to put themselves on a diet so that they can, whatever it is, enhance their physical routine or lose weight or tone better, whatever it is, whatever the reason is, it's very similar. And if they have one day where they're just like, I just want to eat this bad food, it's a cheat day. Well, everybody knows, or at least people in that situation know that that is setting them back and there's right. a cost to doing that. So in this instance, if you're just wanting to take a fit in that emotion, then you're setting yourself back. Mm -hmm. and yeah, then even, even if you take it to a step to, if you're going to do that in the beginning, 
first start with being able to remove yourself from the other person or the situation before escalating it. So see, that can even be the first step just to make the agreement in relationships of, hey, when emotions get involved, conscious communication has stopped. So we're not avoiding the problem. What we're going to do is we're going to separate Well, that could be in the same house or different houses or whatever it is to whatever extent of distance is needed until we can talk about this the next day. And I even like to suggest pick a time the next day or within the next three days anyway to intentionally come to the table non-emotional to discuss it because the purpose isn't who's right. The purpose is to get on the same page and to move forward, leaving some healing behind. And I'm glad you said that because, one, I did not want to present what I was saying about taking a fit as people judging it because we definitely don't want to to judge that because that will take us off our path even more. Sure. But we do want to experience that emotion because we're talking about acceptance and stuffing and we don't want to stuff that emotion. But recently you simplified what this philosophy was really about and that is communication. And not communicating when you're in your emotions. Mm -hmm. That's huge for people to recognize. And you've never said that in that way throughout maybe the first like 90 episodes. Mm -hmm. And recently you said that. And I was like, wow, that is another perspective around this, but said in a more simplified way. Because it's been challenging to present emotions in a way where the majority of listeners understand that we're not saying they're bad. We're just saying Mm -hmm. they're necessary and we need to process them. I think... Putting that out there as that phrase, it can possibly help identify where any friction is possibly arising from that some listeners might be having with the way we're discussing managing our emotions. So I'm really loving the way you said it. We want to invite in the emotion to experience the emotion, but not react to it, to learn to respond to it and say, oh, anger, there you are. I know that you're connected to my brother's old stuff. And I want to send him some love right now. And I want to thank you for being such a good teacher. And I want to learn to accept this person, this situation, or this thing that's in front of me. And the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to go into some gratitude right now. I'm going to find a way to change my vibration. So I need to remove myself from this person or this situation like an alcoholic that needs to remove themselves from the bar. They can't try to stop drinking and still go to the bar all the time. But eventually, the goal is that that alcoholic can sit in that bar with other people drinking and it not bother them at all. And that's the the view that I'm talking about here is, no, don't stuff the emotion. Don't project it onto another person. Go spend some time with it. Learn to respect it. And respect means that you do not judge. You accept it for what it is, a teacher. And then you decide and choose to go in a different direction rather than reaction. And so this is very, very important because many people, I think, have misunderstood the way that we're presenting to manage the emotions. And some people have even said that managing the emotions sounds very masculine. But the best managers that I've ran into normally carry a high level of feminine energy because they're empathic to people and what they are going to be good at and what position that they should be in. So see, management is not really that masculine of a view from my perception. It's really more of a feminine view. And being able to listen, as I've talked about, listen includes all the senses simultaneously. And that's much more of a feminine energy 
a skill set than it is a masculine energy. So again, we're dealing with people's training, the definitions they've been given of emotions, the view that emotions are bad, especially anger. And again, in this work, in this philosophy, we do not focus on good and bad and right or wrong. We focus on accepting what it is and then making the necessary adjustment not to deteriorate yourself or anyone that you love that's within your vicinity. And just to walk through what we just talked about in the given example that I gave earlier, if I'm at a family gathering and I know that I have an issue with my sibling because they see things differently and I know that I'm starting to have an emotional reaction, then like you said, try at some point to leave that situation mm-hmm. so you're not emoting on another person. And and now you can let that emotion out like we have discussed, whether it's taking a walk through a forest or just being on your own so you can get that emotion out mm-hmm. because that's where emotional stuffing happens is when, and this is something that I do around the acceptance, is I know that I shouldn't have a reaction Mm-hmm. And on some level, I am still. Yes. And I do eventually want to bring this back to the five levels, but let's stop here. Do you have anything to add to that? And then maybe we can walk through the five levels and maybe identify using that example of the sibling. How would we go step by step on the five levels to make sure that there's no resistance or friction still on those? Because I think mentally I can understand acceptance, but. It's not on all five levels. Right, right. And the very first step is that if you're feeling any emotion at all, then you're not accepting. Uh, More than likely, you are in resistance at one of those five levels. And the majority of our culture, the, the obstacles come in that mental level. That's why I worked with creating, through Divine's Grace, those five pillars to help give me something mental to jar that. And to see that I've got to change my perception to relax the energy field, to release the emotion, that kind of thing. So that second R of showing respect, I can't iterate enough how much time, weeks, months, years needs to be spent in that. And see, the deeper your trauma is around that anger, for instance, the more times you're going to have to go through that and redirecting it. And learning to give it a different vibration. So while you're learning that respect, it is like paying attention to your heart rate. Because many people don't realize when they are entering their emotional state. But one of the very first things to pay attention to is your heart rate normally goes up. And that's whether it's fear or anger or whatever it is. And next, your body temperature changes. So learning to catch those things as soon as possible is very, very important. Because the earlier you make the adjustment, the longer you can stay in the situation to get the most out of it. So see, if you remove yourself from the situation or the person before you have to, that means you're going to be able to come back. So as soon as you feel your heart start racing, whatever they're saying, as soon as it's socially acceptable, you say, you know, I'm really interested in what you're saying, even though we have different views I'm really interested in the way that you're explaining it. I need to go to the restroom for a minute. I'll be back in a few minutes. And you can go to the restroom or you may need to go for a walk. You could say something you said just triggered something in me. See, trigger doesn't have to be negative. It made me look at it a different view. 
I want to go just walk around the yard a little bit and process some of this. I want to come back. So see, sometimes it's a matter of you removing yourself for just a few minutes to change the energetic connection, especially we get into the human design and depending on what centers you have activated or not activated, they're affecting you. So see, sometimes the removing yourself from the situation isn't a permanent thing for the evening. You can do that many times to extend the visit. But every time you start to get emotional and catch it earlier, you go, get to yourself, run through the pillars, find something that eases your mind to go, oh yeah, I accept once again that that view has to be here because my view is very strong. So I'm going to attract in the opposite view eventually. Oh, today it happens to be my sister. So I really want my sister to feel heard. So I'm going to go back in there and talk to her, and I'm not going to give her my opinion, even if she asks for it, because I want her to feel received, and she already knows that I feel different. So my first goal is for me to learn to not be in judgment, to be in acceptance, and show somebody what it's like to be accepted, even when you see it differently. That is what is going to open the door for later down the road you to share with your sister and her to see it from a different view. But first, do the work yourselves. And I've saying that from the rooftop, that all of this relationship stuff comes back to your individual work. And the more individual work that two people do that are in a so-called relationship, the less relationship work they're going to be doing. So... This has a lot of potential for people to break these patterns and to actually look at this emotional and energetic and spiritual and physical, all the different levels that we've discussed many times, how important all those different levels really are. And the mental, why the pillars were developed the way they were is the mental is normally where the emotions are initiated. So that's where that judge needs to become, once again, the investigator, as you wise, wise veterans have heard me say. Get out of being the judge and just be the investigator. And that's kind of what this whole uh, podcast today has been about, is being that investigator and not the judge. What I'm going through from time to time around acceptance is that I'm not being honest with myself and I'm thinking that I'm working through acceptance on the mental level but I need to be more in tune with my subtle bodily functions, like you're saying, the temperature, the heart rate, because sometimes I think that happens, but in my mind, I don't allow it to get any further. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I've accepted it. Yeah, because see, I can note, recognize stuff like that. Like my heart will start racing or my temperature will change before I realize that I'm even in friction or resistance. So that's why I'm suggesting to pay attention to the physical body because it gives you these warnings. You may not even realize you're really in that much resistance. You're just going, oh, she sees it like that, and I see it a lot different. already thinking about the next thing I'm going to say while she's saying that. Meanwhile, the heart is starting to race a little bit. So see, I'll pause, and then I'll look at my heart, and I'll go, oh, I'm fooling myself here. So let me either remove myself or let me make the adjustment right there. You get to a point to where you can make the adjustment in the situation. You don't have to go off and be alone and that kind of thing. So this is why all of this work is assisting you to step into your power, no matter the situation that you're in. And that helps us to be more comfortable in our authentic self, which is going to bring us more contentment in our life. 
And if I am experiencing those subtleties and maybe the perspective that I feel like I have acceptance around is true. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. But the fact that I'm still having those things, there's deeper to go. There's something else there. And I'm sure there's probably many layers and I'm fooling myself thinking that there's only one or two. That's why I suggest the hundred. Be willing to fail a hundred times. Because the point of that is not that it's going to take a hundred times every time, but to get the time frame out of your mind. That wellness or healing takes as long as it takes. And we don't know because it depends on the level of the trauma. And our culture or not many cultures have any kind of barometer or gauge for trauma. So that's why it's an unknown. You just take it on as a lifestyle and you say, I realize I need to work on this. And I hear people talk about all the time that they need to work on this emotion or that emotion. But every time I say, well, cool, how do you do that? I've unfortunately never had anybody to tell me how they actually work on it. And see, that's where I realize that people are just stuck in the recognition. And it's similar in the Western world that it was a big breakthrough when people realized that they were the way they were because of things that went on in their environment. Most of the time it gets projected on the parents, but it's not always the parents. But see, that's not good enough. Once you recognize where it comes from, you don't just stop there and blame. You got to change that pattern. You got to change that program. And that's exactly what the Just Philosophy is focused on. Well, Alexander, thank you for this episode. It's cleared up some stuff for me, but if anybody out there has listened to it and you still have questions, feel free to reach out to us, either alexander at wise-wise.com, and that's W-I-S-E-W-H-Y-S for anybody who doesn't know the title of the podcast yet, or Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at wise-wise.com. So yeah, we're here for you to answer questions or even make it a, a podcast episode. If there's enough meat on that bone left that maybe you give us a perspective that we don't think we covered. But other than that, I appreciate the conversation and the new perspectives and hopefully you guys do as well. Much love, everybody. Keep on working. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Sitting, blistering beauty, a wanting to hold, movement, a moment of gratitude absent of recognition's mask. What is your yearning pulling you away from? Is it somebody, someone, something, somewhere, some, 
the common thread. Simple obstacles mislead everyone. Some, what is your vision, intention, submission, incision? Where are your inclusions, protrusions, consisting of conclusions? Recognize, respect, and redirect. Simplify, internalize, true choice to connect. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is w-i-s-e-w-h-y-s dot com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. 
And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.